Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things that should not be. Copycat killers. They exist. Those who are compelled to turn bloody fiction into a real-life horror story. Who's inspired by the Joker. They do it because the acts give them power and control. The life is together. Life imitates art. And unfortunately, so does death. Reels and Podcast One, who brought you Murder Made Me Famous, comes the next great true crime podcast, Copycat Killers. Join host Dr. J. Buzz Von Orensteiner as he analyzes true crimes based on Hollywood hits. New episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Season's greetings from all of us at the Dan Patrick Show. Only the best people work on holidays. Dan and the Danettes are off. This is what we do for the holidays. <laughs> but the Dan Patrick Show continues straight on into 2020. Uh, who here has their house decorated? Yeah, we got all kinds of little special things that we have like around the door. And Can you bring in a picture? Flakes. Yeah, I can take a picture. Yeah, He brings in a company <laughs> to decorate his house for Christmas. I, I think I'm less lazy more just I just know my limitations and I can't. Uh, you can't hang. Hang some, something up and another man can. That's correct. But the playoffs are approaching, and college bowl season is here. From the Mercedes-Benz Studios in Los Angeles, this is the Dan Patrick Show. I'm Chris Broussard. He is Kelvin Washington, and this is the Dan Patrick Show. We're obviously filling in for Dan. We got two hours left. We hope you're enjoying the show, and we got plenty to get to. Obviously, a lot of football to talk on this uh, Tuesday after Black Monday. And the Black Monday wasn't that bad, Kelvin. Why does everything bad got to be black? It don't. It don't. It, well, I, I don't even read anything into that because I, I ain't with that at all. You know? Black but Friday, okay, uh, Robbie said Black Friday. No, it's not. You go broke. See? Black Friday, I knew you were going to say that. that. Is good. No, it's not because you go broke. <laughs> black Friday leaves you spending all your money, and then you're broke. See what I mean? See, it's, it's subliminal. Or you can look. See, it's how you look at it. It actually is you're you're spreading joy because you're buying gifts for other people. And then you How look at that? and then you go black and people spread joy. Okay, fine, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. You, fine, thank you for finding the silver lining. And by the way, happy New Year's Eve to you, brother. Yes, you as well. You got big plans with the family tonight? Yep, changing diapers. Yeah, I I hear you. I mean, you and I are diapers. on the total opposite extremes of child rearing yeah you my you, girls are 21 about to graduate from college man well congratulations for that and then then mm. i just need to know how you made it i uh I, I, i'm having days with my three-year-old i'm looking at her like i mean you might have to get an apartment okay you might have to move out <laughs> because i can't deal with this right now well it's well, I love my girls. mine may be coming right back after they graduate <laughs> yeah oh yeah know, they're coming they, back yeah they're right. they gonna need a year to get it right in the house for yep, sure yep yeah, so, uh, but look, let's uh, interest, you know, this is, as you mentioned, it's New Year's Eve, and of course, that means the end, not only this year, it's not only the end of a year, but it's the end of a decade, and we're about to enter the 2020, uh, you know, 2020 is the year, and obviously the 20s, the roaring 20s, remember I used to always hear that growing up, the roaring 20s. Yeah, we got to switch that now. Yeah, we're about to have another roaring 20s, and we're going to be part of it, so... Uh, everyone is releasing their all-century, all-decade teams. And uh, we talked a little bit, and we'll get more into that, because I know you have plenty more to say about the NFL's top 100 mm-hmm. team, all-century team. 
Uh, but for the NBA, ESPN re- released its all-decade team, just a starting five. And the interesting thing is this, Kelvin. I did my starting five for the decade for Fox about two weeks ago. Uh, they released it maybe a week ago or something like that. But it was actually the same as the ESPN all-decade team for the NBA. And here it was, at guards, Steph Curry and James Harden. At forwards, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. At center, and center was a tough one because, let's face it, there aren't really any more dominant centers in today's game. It's totally changed. Dwight Howard, believe it or not, made a little run for If you look at early in the decade, he was still somewhat dominant. You're still an all-star caliber player early in the decade and then obviously fell off. But I couldn't go with Dwight, and so I went with the guy that ESPN went with, Anthony Davis, who hadn't won a thing, won one playoff series in New Orleans, but numbers-wise has been dominant for the second half of the decade and a little bit more, seven years. So uh, that was the all-decade team. Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, I obviously have no issues with it. Do you? I don't have any issues if the requirement was I have to have a center. Like, I have to. That you must put a technical And that's how I kind of looked at it. You know, a big man. If you have kind of a power forward or center. Right. So, if you're going by those rules... Then, then there's really no argument. You just mentioned it. Dwight Howard, I know he's kind of become a laughing stock the last four or five years of his career. People have jokes and everything. But but you mentioned it. Those first few years, I mean, he was an all-star. He led the league in rebounds a few, yep. a few of those years. Uh, you know, he was obviously right there, top five in blocks. So, I mean, he had a heck of a first few years. Uh, and his team were winning down there in Orlando. Then depending on what you consider the decade, if it's if the 10 is in it, then that means his team was in the finals. You know, right. it wasn't that old. It was an 9 2010 season. But if you're taking the end of that season, he was in the finals. So I can see. Well, no, they p- made it in 9 I believe. Was it 9 Okay, yeah, I might be off on that. Okay, my bad. You're yeah, right. You're right. That was a 10 was the uh, the, the Celtics the, 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 the again. Celtics. Yeah. Uh, but my point is, you know, Dwight Howard can make a claim. The only other, if you're going big man that can make a claim, would be Tim Duncan. And now he was a shell of himself. Right. You know, he wasn't 1999 through 2008, 9-ish, you know, Tim Duncan. And he only had one title. And he only had one title. But he yeah. but he did go to the finals two other, you know, two times. Right. Um, and he had, obviously, you just mentioned he won, and he went to seven games against the Heat in another. Um, so you that's the only other person. But, again, he was not at his best at that point. His career was not, what you know, what it – his history will tell in those few years. You are right, though, because I, I remember looking at that and feeling like, okay, it, it really came down to those three, which I didn't think was a great three. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, this Duncan is right. The of himself. Yeah. And, Dwight Howard, who, you know, like you said, his, his image has just been tarnished as far as his game. And then uh, Anthony Davis, who hadn't won anything. And that's the troubling part. Anthony Davis is the opposite of those guys that had some success at that point. You know, Dwight had been to a finals. Uh, he, you know, he was the, the preeminent big man in the league. Yep. And you were like, oh, wow, he's automatic an all-star. You know, he's going to automatically be defensive player of the year. So you you knew that about him. And then let's not even go with Duncan. He is. We know who he is. Right. AD, you can argue, is more talented than both of them. Talent. I'm not saying successful. Right. But. 
has had no winning until finally now paired with another great player, finally paired in a better situation than he was in New Orleans. Shoot, half the time, we didn't even get to see him. He wasn't on national TV because you had to just – he was becoming mythical. He was like, right. who's this guy that put up 30 and 10 I never get to see? And the irony is now you can't turn on an NBA game without seeing the Pelicans. I know, right? <laughs> it's Isn't that crazy? I mean, they were like, I know the NBA is like, I can't believe they couldn't switch some of those games. Yeah, they needed to flex some of those it's out. It's ridiculous. When man. the man who actually flexes in Zion was no longer playing, they needed to flex out of that. Yep, but no let's doubt. get to the real uh, the person who was omitted that everybody has beef with, and that is Kawhi Leonard. Let's just get straight to it. So most people don't aren't jumping in there. Most people are looking at this list saying it is positionless because that's where the NBA is now. Gone are the days when you and I played and we loved the game where you had to have a 6'10 to 7'2 center yep. and you had to have a power forward. Now it's who the heck gives me the best five? Is it the uh, the Hampton five? Is it the, you know, the the heat where Chris Bosch is a five when really he's a power forward and the stretch fours are playing the five yep. and all that? So that's why Kawhi Leonard is left off this list and people are upset. They're saying he's been more successful. He has more rings, finals MVPs. He has been defensive player of the year. So that would be if we're saying screw the rules, just give me the five. I have to drop AD and I have to bring in fun guy. <laughs> he has to get in there. Yeah, I, look, I can't argue with that. If, if, if I were going positionless, that's, that's what I'd do. And you could. Can you imagine that five? Because you still have 6'10", Garnett. Six nine LeBron, six eight. I mean, yeah, six six uh ten Durant. I'm Durant, sorry, Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah. Six eight LeBron and six eight ish Kawhi. Six seven six eight Kawhi. So it's not a tiny, you know, front line. And and obviously those dudes are physical and tough. You know, barring Durant. But uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I I actually when I began putting together my list. I actually had Kawhi because I was thinking like you. You know what? I'm not going to worry too much about positions, but I did say I, I should have some type of big. So I actually had Kawhi at the two ahead of Harden. I, I can see that, you know, and, and Harden. But then I looked at and obviously Kawhi's won two championships. Harden hadn't even been to the finals. But then I looked at it and I said, because I made Kawhi my Don't my disrespect Harden. Man. He had been to the finals. He just was a six-man with well, the yeah, Thunder. Yeah, I mean, that was a whole, yeah. He didn't carry them to the finals. Yeah, the beard, right. the beard wasn't go. heavy. The beard wasn't he, heavy. Right, then. right. He was a big part of that team. But he was a young buck. and I, As they all were, Westbrook and Durant. But, yeah, he, he wasn't the driving force. But I have Kawhi as my six-man on my list. So I, I had a six-man. So I can say I included Kawhi. <laughs> But I, well, I looked at the numbers, and really, Kawhi didn't become a dominant player until 20, the 15-16 season. Correct. And that's when Correct. he averaged 21 and, and 7 boards. And then, in, you know, the, the, from that point on, he was dominant. So really five years, really four, because he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt one year in a well. 17, 18 year. Yeah. yeah, so you really only have four years of dominance. The year he won the championship and was the finals MVP, he only averaged 13, less than 13 points that year. Right. And then he comes back the next year and only averages 16. Now you got to keep it. Let's put some context. He's on a team with still Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. You know, and, but and, they were shells of themselves at that point. But but it's like that was the year he could. And I get it that you they do spread the wealth a little more. So I will give you that. But 
clearly he 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 just wasn't as individually dominant. As, and, and I agree. And, as some, and see, I looked at Harden. I mean, when you look at Harden's numbers. No, his numbers are, are – literally, I'm on it right now, his basketball reference page, and it doesn't. It's a joke. Like, it doesn't right. make sense. 38 points this year, 36 last year, 30 the year before, 29, 29, 27, 26, 27, 27. It's, it, see, that's what – and that's what I looked at, and I was like, you know what? And he led the league in assists one year. Yep, 11, I was like, 11. I got to give it to Harden. So Harden's on the list. Now, the only other person – so Kawhi Leonard, we agree, is the one you can say – he, you know, he needs to be on instead of Anthony Davis. Right. A lot of people I was on, you know, I had the nerve to dive into the comments. That's a bad place to go. <laughs> I jumped into the comments on a lot of these posts, and that was the name I saw. Dwight Howard was the name I saw people saying. The only other so one. Some people said Dwight should be. Because we're talking about the center, and he had he had more he had more winning success than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had better numbers, and we I think we all agree he's a better player. But people are saying, look at the success Dwight Howard had. Um, what I would say quickly, because I, I, so you can get to your point. Yeah. I would say this about Dwight. The first half of his career, even though the numbers aren't what Anthony Davis's are, I would take the first half of Dwight's career over Anthony Davis, the first or or what Anthony Davis's career to date, because Dwight he didn't have that second star either, and he his production led to winning. They beat LeBron in 20, oh, 2009, yeah. got to the finals, you know, lost to the Lakers with Kobe, but still. I mean that dude Orlando was a factor that that the For Pelicans about three, four never year run. were. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That are, so I, a real I team. Would, I would say that, but, but that's it. But I mean, he did have some. He had Hedo Turkoglu. He did yeah, have I mean, Jameer he Nelson. Had good he had, yeah, I agree. He didn't have he didn't have like the massive big name star. And to his credit. We knew what I was getting. Like, you knew he was going to get you 14 rebounds. He was going to block three or four shots. He was going to be this getting guys in foul trouble. Whereas Anthony Davis, unfortunately, he started to fall into the category of what I like to call, and it wasn't his fault because, again, his team wasn't great. He was in New Orleans. But what I call pointless points. Like, mm. yeah, you gave me 28. And I can get another right. victim of this. Um, he got more exposed than Anthony Davis. So it's to Anthony Davis' credit versus the person I'm going to name, Kevin Love. We all mm. saw tickers on Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a ticker because nobody watched Minnesota Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves games. You just saw the ticker, 38 and 30. You're like, whoa! Yep. You know, he what the heck is this? 28-20. numbers since Moses Malone. Exactly. And then yeah. when he got to Cleveland, you're oh, I finally get to see this guy, and he's paired up with LeBron. You went, oh, okay, he's cool. He's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Anthony Davis, you go, okay, now, again, this is a, a little older LeBron and whatnot, I understand. But we get to see Anthony Davis night in, night out. You're like, oh, he's a baller. He yeah, is a flat-out yeah. stud. He's a flat-out baller. So, to his credit, he raised his game after screaming, look, pair me with somebody. Kevin Love said, pair me with somebody. And we went, oh, you probably don't want to do that. We're not really – we ain't hearing from you. You know, and you're no longer the same. <laughs> so, I think Anthony Davis really is showing us, man, if I had some help, I'd, you'd really see how well, good I was. And see, here's my thing, though. And, and and I've actually thrown this by a few NBA people, and, you know, kind of, guys kind of laugh. I'm wondering, though, when dudes are in New Orleans playing for the Pelicans, are they just eating badly? Because guys stay hurt there. And I know the team gives them food, and there's food at the facility and all that. But they had some talent. Drew Holiday. Nice. Rajon Rondo. Now, one year at Cousins, and Cousins got hurt. Um, but Eric Gordon, who's been great for the Rockets. You know, he's hurt now, but he's been great for them the last few years. Like, you had talent. Nikola Miritich. They just couldn't stay healthy. Well, let me also throw at you, and I hate this. I hate this argument. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because it goes against my man, LeBron. 
but I got to say it. Is it also the fact that he played in the West? Meaning that New Orleans team over the last three or four years, had they been in the East, would have been a top five seed, top four seed. Because, I mean, you you look at what he was doing up against the Warriors a couple years, in, almost, was it two years yeah, in a row or two out of three years? Well, they got swept. Right? Yeah, but they he was balling. Well. I mean, he yep. was giving them the business, and he was balling on a big stage. And I'm wondering if that team, those Pelican teams, were in the East, will we have a different view because they'd be a top four, top five seed. Maybe they come, you know, get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Get, and you go, oh, all right, that was, a, that was a decent, you know, team. That's fair. So I That's will fair. say he was in yep. the West where he That's had to fair. struggle just to get to the playoffs. He dragged those bad teams to the playoffs, and he just ran up against an all-time juggernaut in the Warriors. So I'm going to cut him a little slack. Nah, but Russell Westbrook was the name I was going to throw out where right. he could say, man, I did something that hadn't been done in 50 years, and I did it so regularly that you're all taking it for granted like it's nothing, like it's just going to Popeye's and you know you're going to get some good chicken. I mean, he literally is averaging a triple-double regularly, CB, to the point where we we don't even discuss it. That's right. what, like LeBron, as great as he has, hasn't done it. Jason Kidd didn't do it. Magic Johnson didn't do it. Russell Westbrook does it regularly. We're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, what do you have, 30 and, you know, almost 30, 10 and 10, oh, whatever, you know, no big deal. Like, totally He's the only other person to me that can be like, uh... Hold up on this list now. Why right. harden over me? Why My, harden over me? I, I and, and that's another one I wrestled with because I, I kind of had to weigh, okay, what do I value more? The scoring title, it, which, is, I mean, it's 38 points a game, 36 points a game. That's hardly anybody's done that. Or the triple-double. And you're, you're absolutely right. What I looked at when I decided between those two, Kelvin, was Harden – and I know you can say, well, he had, you know, Chris Paul, and he had at one point Dwight when he was still healthy. But Dwight got hurt a lot when he played in Houston, and and Harden still kept that team winning. Like they're winning fifty something games with James Harden. Yeah. And so that was really the difference. Even though Westbrook, when they had he got a triple double, they had a crazy win percentage. But overall, without Kevin Durant. You know, that one year he wasn't even able to get the team into the playoffs. And so I, I just looked at it like Harden's production led to wins a little bit more than Westbrook's. But you, you make a great point. Westbrook, I mean, three straight triple-double seasons? Come on. No, it's, it, that will go. It, it's hard to, yeah, you can't poo-poo that. That I feel like will be one of the, I'll use your term right there, one of the more poo-poo things of the next, you know, 20 years of NBA is that this man did something no one else did and then did it again and then did it again, and we are just we don't even discuss it. We're like, oh, man, why can't Ben Simmons shoot a three? Like, we moved on to right. other things. And I'm like, oh, hello. This man averaged a triple-double with almost 30 points regularly. Like, yep. regularly. Uh, but to my final point on James Harden, it, it is he's slightly over. He's over Westbrook. Because what he's doing, he is the greatest offensive weapon, just strictly offensive, that we might have seen since – is it since MJ? Is it since just Shaq where I can it double down and follow everybody? You know. I mean, I, I contend there are other guys that if they were in that system or shot that much could do it. Kevin Durant. But he's not going to get you the assists that. like that. He's not going to foul guys out. James Harden literally fouls guys himself. Like, he makes you foul him. <laughs> like, he grabs your arm and smacks his arm, and they call the foul. Like, Are you saying he's of. the biggest flimflam man in, since uh, since somebody? Since Lottie. That'd be Lottie. <laughs> since Lottie. So, no, he just, he is, he is, he is an amazing weapon. Strictly no a doubt. weapon. Like, it is no remarkable doubt. to watch and also sometimes hard to watch because I know you love basketball. I love form. watching him, though. But He'll... some nights you 
Tyreek Hill. He's two for 20 with some nights from three, and it's, it's embarrassing. Well, yeah, those, but I'm fascinated by it because having played basketball, I know how tough it is one-on-one just to shake somebody who in many cases is more athletic than you he's, and long and still get your shot off, still get around him. And he's not the most, you know, relatively speaking, athletic dude in the world. It so looks, yeah, he's so YMCA game. He's so YMCA. No, he, what I love, and, and we got to get to the break, but what I love about Harden, Kelvin, and you'll, you'll appreciate this because you're a little old school like me, he reminds us that basketball is about skills. Oh, yeah. It's not just about who can run the, high, the fastest and jump the highest and is the quickest. It's about skills. Magic Bird, they weren't the most athletic, you know, relatively speaking, but they were the greatest. Luka and Dodgers. Harden. Luka, Luka right. And Steph is in there, too. So we are, we are now having a group of guys who are reminding us this is a game of skills, yep. not just, you know, fast twitch muscles and all that. All right, some folks around the NFL – have called Aaron Rodgers the greatest thrower of the football in league history. So then why didn't he make the NFL 100 team? We'll discuss next. I'm Chris Broussard. He's Kelvin Washington. And this is the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's Geico. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of GEICO for a long time. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out. This is the Dan Patrick Show. I am Chris Broussard alongside my man, Kelvin Washington. We're filling in for Dan. And we're brought to you by Mercedes AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way in the all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. And if you miss any of the Dan Patrick Show celebrity interviews this week from the Mercedes AMG Man Cave, just go to the Dan Patrick app where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes AMG Man Cave. Mercedes AMG, driving performance. All right, Kelvin, it's your turn to talk. I talked about... The uh, NFL's top 100 list from the QBs. We got 10 quarterbacks on the list. I've given my views on it. I want to hear yours quickly. You want me to run down the list again, and and then you can go ahead and, and do your thing. We got, in no particular order, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Roger Staubach, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Sammy Baugh, Otto Graham, Johnny Unitas, Tom Brady, and Joe Montana. Well, I'm a little offended that you didn't want to talk about the place kickers and punters and stuff. You didn't want to talk. <laughs> Ray don't dis- guy, man. Don't disrespect Ray Guy and, and Shane Lecter and all those guys. All right? No. Let's get to what people really care about as quarterbacks. Uh, you said earlier that the – correct me, if, you know, if I make sure I'm saying this correctly, that the couple of guys that you were – you. Dan Marino was a little shocking to you, right? No, 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 not shocking. What I what, here's what because Marino's mythical. I actually wasn't shocked that he was on the list. But what I would say is this: if I I think Aaron Rodgers should have been on instead of Brett Favre, and I you can certainly I mean Marino had the better arm. He was phenomenal, but Drew Brees is done more. He's mm-hmm. been more accomplished both individually 
and team-wise because he won the Super Bowl, which Marino, of course, did not. So I would put Breeze on above Dan Marino. All right, so here's will be my two replacements. Right. So here's the, tr- the the troubling part. The only one that you could really argue, because we said we both agree, we're not going old school guys. Sammy right. Ball, do your thing, brother. Otto, Otto Graham, Graham I know the name, you're a legend. And Johnny Unitas is kind of, he was the V quarterback for some right. time. You know, Peyton Manning modeled his game after him, so on and so forth. Uh, so there's no replacing those, those guys. Uh, Brett Favre, to me, is the only one that you can debate. It can be replaced. Uh, Dan Marino, you cannot because he is the guy when it comes to the air attack, when it comes to, you know, slinging that thing around, when it comes to setting records and when it comes to passing yards and touchdowns, he is that guy. So you, to me, you can't. Yes, we can argue the fact that he didn't win a Super Bowl, uh, but it always helps when you're the first. And he was kind of the first guy to just have this amazing arm. Uh, where we were like, okay, we've not seen anything like that. We've seen other great quarterbacks, other great leaders. We haven't seen an arm talent like that. So him kind of being the, maybe you know, maybe not the first ever, but the first of that you know more modern era. I think that's why he's going to be on the list permanently. Because uh, he's, I the, think that's a good argument. He's the guy that we now say, oh, he throws at. like Dan Marino, right? He now set the trend where we now say, oh, he has, he gets it out as quick as Dan Marino. Man, he put up numbers at the same rate. Dan Marino did. So you you can't take that guy. Now the guy we can't take off is Brett Favre because you can't be the guy when I don't even know if you're the best guy in that who wore the same uniform anymore. Uh, yes, you were before him, and being before someone always helps because we have an affinity for you. Uh, he was more, much, much more likable than Aaron Rodgers. Mo- Aaron Rodgers comes off as pompous, uh, as arrogant, he has personal issues with his family, and I won't dive into that because I think that's a very serious matter. That's, that's not really, you know, that's a right. serious thing. That's his family, but he's all these things where maybe he's not as beloved as, gee, oh, golly, I'm playing Sandlot football, Brett Favre. And you cannot discount those things from mattering because at the end of the day, think about it, CB. When you have one guy versus another, and you've done this, you've voted for things, you've had to put out lists where they've, you know, you've been the expert on these things. When it comes down to it, there is always something, an innate bias that you may have, why you choose the person. When it comes down to it, it really is just between those two. Uh, I just like him better, or he was just more fun, or he just seemed like more my type of guy. I'd rather have a beer. And I think that's what edged out uh, Brett Favre over Aaron Rodgers um, because, listen, you already touched on some of the numbers. What Aaron Rodgers has been able to do is absolutely remarkable. Uh, the guy only has – uh, interception, you're talking about interceptions. He has what? 83, and he has 362 yeah. touchdowns. All time leader in touchdown to interception. Brett ratio. Favre threw almost 30 in one year. Think about that. More than a third of, of uh, Aaron Rodgers. He had James Winston tendencies. Yes, exactly. And, and, that, and that is not the good ones. Okay. And I don't know that James does. Maybe his speeches. That's about it. Maybe they have a Southern thing. They both had that Southern thing, him and Brett. But that's my my biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers is man, look, he's we all say he's the most talented, arguably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen, arguably top three, five most talented football players bar none any position we've ever seen. But you know something about that word talent? It only gets you so far before people become annoyed, before people use it against you. You're so talented. Aaron Rodgers, why have you only won one Super Bowl? You're so talented. Why are your teams good on record, but they don't really do anything in the postseason? If you're so good, why does Ben Roethlisberger have two? Why does Eli Manning have two? Tom Brady has 42. 
I mean, all these guys have, have all your peers have all these Super Bowl rings, and you don't. Joe Flacco's got one, you know. So here is the issue: Aaron Rodgers is so talented that why does he only have one? And we saw that happen with somebody else, LeBron James. If you're so talented, LeBron, why don't you have a ring? Why don't you have this? Why can't you find a way to win? If you're so talented, once you start becoming so good that we want to knock guys off Mount Rushmore who've been there for decades, then you have a fan base and a group of people and analysts and talking heads like us who actually start saying, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Yeah, I'm not taking Joe Montana. He's not more talented. He's not better than Joe Montana. He's not better than Tom Brady. He's not better than this guy and this guy. Show me. Prove it. Why? And we did that with LeBron. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's not better than Magic. He's not better than Burr. He's not better than these guys. Whoa, Dr. J. Whoa, whoa, tell me why. And we start having that ring conversation, and then we start to say, if you're so talented, why haven't you? And I think that is what happened to Aaron Rodgers because it can't be numbers, right? And it can't be ability, like pure talent, I think it has to be you haven't done enough of that talent, so that's why you're off the list. I, I do think there may be some of that to it. I think people question, and this year, so far, so far, Rodgers may be going a long way in dispelling some of those myths, you know, about, but going into this season, what was the talk? Does he have the intangibles? I said it myself. The dude is so great, but yet he's not lifting his team, at least not lately. You know, because it looks like he may lack some of the intangibles. You know, and, and I think this year he's going a long way in dispelling that. You know, everybody was wondering how they get along with Matt LaFleur. He's gotten along swimmingly with him. Everything's been great. He stayed within the offense. Obviously, he has the, uh, you know, the opportunities and the rights to check down and audible and things like that at the line of scrimmage. But, He's still staying within the offense. He's not getting out of the pocket as much as he used to, not, you know, trying to make the big plays, taking what the defense is giving him. So I think he's dispelling some of that. But, yeah, those questions about him were out there. I just don't see how in the world – it's hard for me to fathom how he's not on this list. I, there is no doubt in my mind that he's better – he's a better quarterback than Brett Favre. Is he better I mean, than Peyton Manning? Ooh. I would put Manning. I would take Manning. By accomplishments. No, I mean, I think Manning Manning changed the game. Agreed. No, I agree. We weren't seeing, I mean, now you even see it at the high school levels. Quarterbacks coming up there, you know what I mean? Pointing out the right. defenses and the coverages and watch this dude and, you know, all that stuff. So Manning was the first to do all that. He was an offensive coordinator and a quarterback. No, he was you remarkable know. to watch you that. I remember when I uh, – and, man, it's been years since I played Madden because I just – between work and I've kids, never played Madden in my life. Uh, I was saying, <laughs> I need you to hit me with the – find the Nate dog. Hold up. I need that. Ridiculous. What do you – wait. How, how have you never – Wait, wait, wait. wait no, see, saved like, me a lot of money, too. No, it didn't. You could. It did. No, see, like, I really – let me explain to you how much – I like you. I really, really do. You're a good guy. We're both, you know, men of faith. You see, you know, you, you know your stuff. But this just set me back right now because how have you not? It was like saying I never heard a hip hop song. Yeah, like how have you not? I'm not even saying you had to love Madden, but how have you not played it? You know, is it just an Madden, age thing? When, by the time, when, you, yeah. When I was in college, the big thing was in television. Did you play Tecmo Bowl? Yeah. All right. I played Tecmo Bowl. Wait, hold on. I that played, sounded like you only I, played it twice. No, I played – well, it, Techno Bowl was obviously in the arcade. And I, I was in arcade sometime, but I wasn't like no – So you're not a video – you I never were a video game. I wasn't an arcade nerd in there all the time. 
Nah, I'm not a huge video game guy. Oh, I God. like them. Like, I, I did get kind of hooked with in television in college. Me and some of my boys would play that all the time. But I'm not, I've never been, like, just this gamer, like, where I always got to play. I don't think you're just having a, can, a big 40-ounce of Mountain Dew and eating some, you know, chips and playing games all night. I didn't think you were that guy, but I thought you accidentally fell apart. You've been in sports too long where I thought you would have to be at, like, a, you know, covering a, a Madden big Super Bowl party and they made you play Madden. Like, something that had Chris Broussard playing Madden. However, I saw, I've been with my cousins when they were playing. That was it. That was one time. Because okay. here's the thing, though, and you might attest to this, it's too complicated to just roll up that's once true. every I'll two, give you three that. years. I will give oh, you I'm that. Play Madden. You I'll know give what you that. So that's right. my thing. Like I'm like, look, I that's like Star Wars. I I'm too far behind. I only saw the first Star Wars. I ain't see him. I saw bits and pieces of Empire Strikes Back. Wait, 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 wait. All that stuff. Listen, see, hold on. Wait, I was wait, balling. Listen, I was on the courts breaking no, ankles. I, while y'all playing video games and watching science fiction. So you don't think Magic Johnson never saw Star Wars? And I know, nah, brother, Magic, you ain't Magic Johnson. Ma Magic, Jordan, me, LeBron, yeah. we ain't into all that, man. man we balling. You know, we got, we got to talk to somebody else because I don't want to talk yeah, to we, you right we'll now. We'll get back to this. All right. Let, let me. This brother goes way back with me to when my daughter, before my daughter was even born. And uh, we worked together in Cleveland with the Cavaliers. Now he's gone on to just... Bigger and better things. Done, had a tremendous career. He's with NBC, Dallas, Fort Worth. Nui Scruggs. Nui, what's happening, brother? What's up, man? So I turned 49 yesterday. I did a spin class to start today. So now I'm in the weight class. Wow. You know, trying, to, trying to make sure I can get to 50. So <laughs> I'm doing this gym thing that's today. That's good. But you know, I always got time for you, my man. Well, that's good motivation for me, too, because I need to do some of that myself. But uh, you are you are right there in the center of the universe, apparently, right now. And uh, what is going on? Jason Garrett's still alive. What's going on down there with the Cowboys? For, for the young kids out there, they, they won't remember it, but you and I, we, we remember it. The movie called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. And at movie. the end of the movie, after all the credits, you see Ferris come back there and he says, what? You're still here? Go home. <laughs> it's over. Shoot. And that's what I'm thinking yesterday with this. Wait, wait a minute. Aaron's still here? It's over. He should go home. But this, you know, and I come back to this thing I say all the time to people. Tell me another franchise that operates like this that wins. You don't, man. And that's the part for me that's so frustrating. It's like, come on, man. This guy doesn't deserve to come back. It's 10 years. After 10 years, you know what you've got, and what you've got is not a winning head coach. How about this now? I had to write, and Chris, you know about this from being in the newspaper business. you got to write the obituary before it happens. Right. <laughs> so right. I had to write the Garrett obituary, and you know, we cut it. And so I looked up, and I said, the last 10 years that Garrett's been here, 12 different NFC teams, okay, 12 different teams, have played in the NFC Championship game. The Cowboys were not one of them. The four who didn't, Dallas, Washington, Detroit, and Tampa Bay. This wow. is where Cowboys fans need wow. to understand. This is where your organization is. You're on the level with the Lions. You're oh, on the level on, with Washington. Ooh. Ooh. So, so when you get armed with this kind of information, <laughs> it should tell you something. Now, three, three different years in a row, okay, three straight years in a row, 
And Garrett had an opportunity to win the NFC East. Lost to Philly, lost to the Giants, lost to a rookie RG3 in Washington. And then last two weeks ago, they faced Philly. You know, this is for the division. And they lost again. So four yeah. times he's had an opportunity to take the division, and he's lost them. I don't care that he's won three. Can we talk about the four you lost? And when you lost to Philly, you lost to a team that was decimated through injury. This guy has done an excellent job of conning Jerry into letting Jerry do all the things he wants to do and and believing he's got all his control and staying the head coach of the team. This guy is a nice person, but he's not a good coach. And just go back to the movie Jerry Maguire where Bob Sugar said, it's not show friends, it's show business. Are you in or are you out? And they need to be out on Jerry, and I mean on Jason. And Jerry needs to make this decision today. Why we got to wait till Thursday? Because they won't do well Wednesday because Wednesday's a winter classic game that they're going to have in the NHL, the outdoor game at the Cotton Bowl, 84,000 people. So it's not happening tomorrow. So it's got to happen today. Mm, man, new it should happen today. Nui Scruggs with us uh, on Dan Patrick's show. Chris Broussard, Kelvin Washington. Uh, Nui Scruggs, NBC, Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, giving us all the insight what's happening down there in Dallas. By the way, uh, unlike you, CB, Nui seems like he knows some movies and some pop culture stuff right now. I mean, he's hitting me with Jerry Maguire. He's hitting me with Ferris Bueller. Um, those but, are from my era. I but, know those movies. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see later. All right, but Nui, let me let me throw this one at you here. So let's assume what you're saying. He, it looks like, you know, Adam Schefter's even in tweeting out that um, the expectations continue to be that Garrett and, and Dallas part ways. Uh, they're going to have a meeting at noon central today, another meeting. Let's say they do move on. What? Where do you go now? Do you find a prominent NFL coach, maybe a guy who's sitting out? Uh, do you go find the next hot guy out of college? Do you talk to Urban Meyer? What is? What are you hearing down there that they're, they're the next the next coach is, the resolution is? Um, here's my thought, and you just kind of start to think, you know, just go through your history of Jerry. So you've gone through a guy who's going to do whatever you want. So now you may go for a guy who's a bigger fish, bigger name, and a guy who's had some head coaching experience. I don't believe you can bring in a guy like Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, who's never had a, any NFL experience. I just think it's too much, especially with this job. This job is not just about football. This job deals with the entertainment and crazy stuff. I mean, you could be trying to – you would you want to use a part of the facility – and you can't because they got some party or some entertainment thing going on around here. I mean, it's it's, it's pretty interesting of how, how this thing operates. So I don't think you can take a college coach who doesn't have any experience. Matt Rule of Baylor has coached for the Giants. That could be a guy they talk to because, like I said, he, he understands the NFL. Um, I look at a list, and this is going to sound crazy, but I thought of somebody in the organization. They said, hey, we'll call Belichick. I go, okay. Uh, Sean Payton is their dream candidate. Sean just signed that extension, but, you know, hey, Contracts are contracts. You know, they, they, they mean whatever people want them to mean. Sometimes they mean you can't go anywhere. Sometimes they do. Uh, Mike Zimmer's a guy who's been here. Zim was on the staff that won a Super Bowl last, Super Bowl 30. He's in Minnesota. He's got one year left. You want to trade a pick and get him out of Minnesota? That's a guy that they could talk to. Um, I, I really believe Rich Versace of the Tampa Bay, uh, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with John Gruden, now with Oakland and John Gruden, he used to be with the Cowboys. This is a leader of men. And you look at John Harbaugh and what he has done in Baltimore, I believe guys don't give enough consideration to special teams coaches because these guys coach everybody. You know, they have to deal with everybody. To me, Rich Versace would be a perfect fit for what they need. 
that's not a talent issue down here. It's an accountability issue down here. Jason Garrett's afraid to confront guys. Rich Versace would not be afraid to do that. So there's a guy I would love for them to interview. Will McClay, he's their player personnel director. There's a wild card name out there. There's a guy that they like, know, and trust, and he's been able to procure them some talent through the draft. At some point in time, you could let Will McClay coach. I know he coached at the Arena League, and some people may scoff at that, but Will McClay knows what he's doing and has respected men. That's just kind of a wild card name. Mm. Jim Caldwell's mm. a respected guy. Uh, he's coached the team to a Super Bowl. Will McClay and his work he did with Joe Flacco when the Ravens went on that Super Bowl run. I mean, that was Jim's work there. Worked with Peyton Manning. Um, this guy's really good. And they've got Dak Prescott. They want to continue to develop Dak Prescott. So Jim Caldwell's a guy that they, in my opinion, they need to talk to. Um, those are some of the names for me. This is just me and my list of guys that I think that they should give a give a phone call to or have a conversation with with where they're at right now. That's a nice list. All right, Nui, we appreciate it, brother. Happy New Year. Have a great night tonight. All right, everyone. Be well. Be safe out there. We'll just have a great 2020. All right, man. Peace. Something is brewing that could change both the NFL and the world of college football as we know it. We'll tell you about it next. I'm Chris Broussard. He's Kelvin Washington. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Happy holidays from your friends at Podcast One. Hi, everyone. It's Becca from the Lady Gang. We wanted to say thank you to all our advertisers for their support this year. We couldn't do it without you. Have a very happy holiday season. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. I want to thank you for listening this year and have a happy and safe holiday. Hi, it's Barbara Baxter wishing you a happy new year. And this is Nicole. Yeah, and we're wishing you a happy holiday. Hey, everyone. It's Tina Shea from Shenanigans. Just wishing you all happy holidays and a very happy new year. Hey, Hey guys, it's Nas and Nadia from Ladies, Ladies Like, like us. us. We want to wish our listeners a very happy holiday and say thank you to all our advertisers who support our show. We could not do it without you. Happy holidays. Hey, it's Heather and Terry Dubrow. Hello, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Chuck, I know you love being Santa. No, I am Santa. Yeah. All day, every day. Happy, happy holidays from the Dolphin like, like a Motherfather. Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Bristow from Off the Vine Podcast wishing you a very happy holiday season and thank you for all of your support this year. Tis the season of giving! And we know you're looking for gifts for your family and friends right now. So check out our amazing sponsors who bring you showmance every week for free. Give us your ears and they'll give you awesome deals. And we will give you more of the content you love. Hey, it's Heidi Proud. I just want to thank all of our amazing sponsors for making this show possible and everything that they do so we can have this free podcast you guys every week so thank you so much to all of our awesome sponsors we love you and we really love all your products so thank you hey everybody steve austin here and i want to wish you a very happy holiday season and a happy new year and that's the bottom line This is the Dan Patrick Show. I'm Chris Broussard alongside my partner, Kelvin Washington, and we are obviously filling in for Dan. We're talking about the coaching carousel in the NFL, Kelvin, and let me throw this out to you. This is the latest to come out uh, within the past hour. The New York Giants, they obviously fired Pat Shermer yesterday. One of the names you're hearing with them, they've requested – uh, to interview Wink Martindale, who is the great defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And here's the – that's good enough. I, I like Wink. I think, you know, he's a great defensive coach, so I like that aspect. But then Wink is reportedly telling people or part of getting Wink Martindale would also be 
potentially getting, not just potentially, but likely getting Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator with the LSU Tigers, who has worked wonders with Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Maybe to the point where Burrow may have the greatest season for a quarterback in NCAA history. So I'm telling you, if I'm the Giants and I can get Wink Martindale as the head coach and Joe Brady as my OC to work with Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, sign me up. No, I, I, that's great because what, what you what you be doing also is bringing in a defensive mind to help compensate for the fact that Danny, Danny Dimes is so young. Where there's going to be games, he's going to make mistakes. There's going to be games he's not producing at a high level, but you have a steady defense. Uh, if you look at the young guys who've had success, not just success, but have taken it to the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs or Super Bowl level, what do they have on the other end? Tom Brady wasn't this Tom Brady. Well, he actually more like this Tom Brady, but he wasn't the, the you know, that 12-year run he had. He right. was, don't hurt us, manage the game. We got a great defense, a great special team. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Great defense, great special team. Same thing with Russell Wilson. Great defense, great running game, great special teams. So if you can come in with that development of the quarterback position, and while he is developing, we have a great defense, and we're, we're able to, to win some games that way, that bowls very well for your young quarterback. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, and, and I see, I think it was great. That's why you played Danny Dimes this year. Let him learn. He had a lot of mistakes. I mean, I, I thought they were in that Eagles game. They were in that Eagles game until the fumble, you know, for uh -huh. the touchdown. But I think you'd be covering the offensive end and the defensive end. I like that a lot if I am the New York Giants. All right, Kelvin Washington, Chris Broussard, we got one hour left. You know what to do, folks. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show.